love, mature love, love that has its way to work itself out, the love that you are, God. Cast out all fear. I thank you, Father, that you're here in this place and you're already touching each one of our hearts. You're already meeting us where we are, Father God. You're already preparing us for what you would have to say to us today. That it didn't just begin in this moment. It started on the way in, Father God. Father, right now I bind the hand of the enemy. I lose him from his assignment from each person. That their ears would be able to hear. They wouldn't be distracted. Things wouldn't come in the way of them being able to hear from you, Father. And I think that you thank you that you're speaking to each person right where they are for their individual needs as only you can. And we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name. Amen. 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 Give somebody a big hug before you see it. Hallelujah. first Sunday, because right now we only have one teacher who is teaching the elementary age uh, uh, kids. So we have um, to give my wife who is teaching that class, give her a chance to come in and and be a part of service. Get the word. Amen. So we do. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll clap it up. Clap it up. Amen. So she can get the word. But uh, uh, so we have the kids in here and I love that too. I love to watch them at work, because I, I remember now, I have to say that that's how I started in ministry was in children's ministry. And so I love dealing with the kids. And, I, and actually, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about uh, some of the vision for this ministry. Again, um, I know that I've said it before. I know that some of you know it, uh, but some of you don't know vision for uh, children's ministry for this church. And I want you guys to hear it. Uh, I want us to not forget, this is very important and even starting, we can't forget what we've been saved from and what we've been saved to. Okay? We cannot forget what we've been saved from, right? And what we've been saved to. Okay? Because it's something, you know, like I said, if it was just saved for us to go to heaven, then God would have said, as soon as you receive Jesus, boom, you just translate. I mean, right? You do like Enoch and disappear or, or you do like Elijah and a, and a chariot of fire come get you and you go to heaven. But that's not the case. You stay here once you get saved. So that must mean that there's something for you to do. So we've been saved from right separation from God and we've been saved to <clears throat> love and good works. I want us to remember that we've been saved from separation from God and saved to love and good works. Y'all with me today? I want us to remember that this, this, this piece, but even before we get to children's, I'm going to take my time. I know if you got to leave, you just leave. Okay. That's fine. I won't be offended. Okay. I may just call you out. No, I'm just joking. I won't, I won't, I won't do that. I, I was thinking about this guys. One, one of the most important things that we can do if we were believers and if we are, I should say believers, When we leave this place, we should be filled with the love of God. If we have been saved and hidden in Christ, right? 
and God is love, he's God, God is love, then we should be hidden in love. So the contact that we have with other people should not be us. It should be love. Isn't that right? And so everywhere that we go, it should be some expression of God's love, who he is. Some, it should be some expression, not such negative responses, right? We should be bringing God's love. And then on top of the expression of his love, then there should be the actions of the good works that follow. And if we did that, listen, if we really did that everywhere we went, it would start breaking down even the hardest of hearts. It would start chipping away at the hardest of hearts. The Bible says that the word is the hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. When we start bringing in God's love, it is the hammer that starts chipping away at hard hearts. And it breaks that rock into pieces and allows it to be opened up for them, for people around us to be able to receive Christ. So we have to be uh, I want to challenge you first to be thinking about that. Listen, I've been saved from something and saved to something and that to something is love and good works. And that should be an expression everywhere I go when I'm at work. <clears throat> this is for me when I'm in traffic. Boy. I struggle, but I'm, I'm at work. I'm, God's working on me in that. I'm better. I was, I was telling Shirley the other day, um, I was headed to work. I left at six and it only takes maybe about 30 minutes to get there, but they had three lanes merging into one and it was kind of busy. So those three lanes merging into one turned into like an hour and a half extra, right? Of travel. And so Shirley was like, oh, I bet you were angry. And I was like, you know, actually I was really good. I didn't have any problems with it. I know she's checking. I said that. I meant it. <laughs> she's checking on me. But I meant it. I really didn't. I, I may have had one outburst, but that was it as compared to all the outbursts that I would have had. Um, and so I was really good. And this is something that God is working on us in so that in every situation that is leading us to love and good works everywhere we go. Amen. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you because if people aren't asking you, if you've been around some people for quite some time and they're not asking you about the God that you serve or, or, or why you're different, then something's wrong. You're not doing your job. You're not remembering what you've been saved to and you're not operating in that. I wanted to to remind you of that before we got started today. I want to talk about um, how how an important mission of, of this church. But I want to begin in Proverbs 22 <clears throat> and six. Many of you know this verse. Um, it says train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child, train him up, train him up, train him up, training Right. Training. There's, there's there's not just left to yourself and hope that one time you told them something and it sticks and now you can walk away. It's actual training. And the way that they should go and when they're old, they will not re- depart from it. I want you to hear this first, because when we say when we say train up a child in the way he should go, immediately people's minds go to only if you are a parent. That's what most people's mind goes. It goes, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about if you're a parent, but no, wait a minute. 
it's not only listen, teachers and coaches, they have the responsibility of training children and they don't necessarily have to be their parent. It is the responsibility of every person, every adult to train children in the way that they should go. The only problem is some of the training that most people are given is training that has not been redeemed. A lot of times we train children to follow in some of our footsteps that have not been redeemed. It's our old life. And I, I talked about this before, but that is a big thing. But what I want to talk about is our responsibility within the church to train children in the way that they should go so that when they're old and they would not depart. This is something that God has given to us as a responsibility, as a charge and as a challenge. I want us to look at some more scriptures. Let's go to Matthew 18. I've only got two more and then I'm just going to talk the rest of the time. Is that okay? Matthew chapter 18. Verses one through six. I want us to see what Jesus had to say about this too. Matthew 18, one through six, and then we'll jump over to 19, 13 through 15. Uh, He says this uh, um, in 18. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who's the greatest? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, verily, now remember when you see the word verily, and especially if you see verily, verily, it is, it is him saying this is a truth. And if he says it twice, it's him saying, really listen, thank you very much. If it's him saying uh, uh, a verily, verily, it's him saying, really, this is a truth that I need you to hold on to. But here he is, he's saying, verily, pay attention. I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. So he's got some, he's got some significance in that. Let's jump over. Let me get this and then we can talk. Uh, Matthew 19, just one, one, one flip over, maybe two, if your Bible's tiny. Um, Matthew 19, 13. Then were there brought unto him little children that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked him. That means they fussed at him and said, hey, don't do that. What are you doing? But Jesus said, suffer or allow, that word suffer there is allow, little children and forbid them not to come unto me for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. Here's Jesus in two situations. One, he's calling children to him. One children are being brought to him. And in both instances, he's saying there's significance behind children and kingdom. Children and kingdom, children are significant. The first thing that he's saying is he's saying, listen, children are very important to the kingdom. They need to be near me i need to be able to they need to be able to hear what i'm saying because they're just as important as you adults but in even so more so they're in a better position than you adults because they're in a position where they trust and they believe where you doubt and have fear 
I don't I don't care who you are. If it's a little kid and you tell them to jump from any place to you, they will jump to you without fear jump all over you and squeeze you tight. If you say, let's go somewhere and you tell them we're going at this time on this day, they will be dressed and ready to go. If that's somewhere they want to go, they might even get dressed a day ahead because they believe you without any reservation. This is something that children are capable of doing that God is saying, I placed in them that somewhere along the way you lose. And you have to come back to that positioning if you want to be successful or be able to receive kingdom stuff because kingdom things operate with faith. What did we say last week? The currency of the kingdom is faith. And if you don't understand how to operate as a little child, you're going to miss out on it. And so it is so important for us to value just like Jesus did. He didn't push them aside. He always drew them to himself. He always made sure that they had a place. And so it's very important for us to do the same. Now, this scripture, Proverbs 22 and 6, was the first thing that God gave to us as we were asked, to begin in children's ministry, Shirley and I, uh, 20 plus years ago. And when God called us to do it, my first response was, because we didn't have kids at the time. We didn't have kids. I was teaching in in school, so I, I dealt with children, but we didn't have any kids of our own, and they were asking us to be a part of children's ministry. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if I'm capable of doing this. And the guy's like, you do this Monday through Friday. You deal with kids Monday through Friday and they love you. Why wouldn't you think you could do it? I was like, well, that's different. I got a curriculum. I got a plan. Don't you think he's like, don't you think we got a curriculum and a plan? I was like, oh, well, I never thought of that. (laughs) And so he's asking us to come and help. And I talked to Shirley about it and I have reservations. She's like, yeah, let's do it. But I'm the one who has the reservations and I'm like, I'm not sure if this is what we should be doing. I don't know. I don't know if I'm capable of doing this. I don't know. And I sat down with God and he began to really deal with my heart about the importance of children and reaching them before they became the people or the or or people like what I was as an adult. With all the struggles, with all the fears with all the doubts, with all the regrets. And he said, I want you to reach them now so that they don't have to face some of the things that you went through. And so as he called us, we began and we started doing ministry and we began ministry of children's ministry along with Reggie Knowles and his wife. And we did that at a church called Glory to Him Fellowship in Ozark, Alabama. And we started that and we were a part of that and we stayed there for how many years were we there? Maybe a few years, four or five years doing that. And another guy asked us to come and help build his children's ministry. And so we did that and we did that for a few years. Then we left there, went to another church and started that. And so everywhere we went, we did children's ministry and everywhere we went, the churches grew because the children's ministry grew. Because as kids wanted to come, this is what they did. Mommy, 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 I'm going. Let's go. Let's go. We got to go to church. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you get up there. 
But it was so important. Mommy and daddy, listen, I have to be here to go to this thing. And parents would come and drop their kids off first. And it would just be kids. And then they would start showing up along with them. And so we did that everywhere, every church that we went to, every ministry that we were a part of. We started children's ministry and then God called us to start the church at Thornton. And so we moved here and Colorado is a lot different than uh, (laughs) it's a lot different than Alabama. Um, A lot of differences. But one of the things that I will say that's different about um, Colorado from Alabama is Colorado is filled with leisure and pleasure. And I don't mean any disrespect with that because we loved we loved being able to go and have the seasons where it wasn't so hot that you could go outside and actually play tennis. So you could go for a walk and not be sweating and watching our foot. What's that? Oh, OK. Sweating and, and bugs everywhere. We loved that. But we found that people had no real time for Christ. He was he was like he was he was such an afterthought in their mind because it was, hey, listen, I work Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday on my days to have a good time. I got to clean up my house, too. I got to get to the mountains. That's why I got this cabin. This is why I got this timeshare. I got to get out here. So I'm leaving on on Friday night and I'll be back Sunday evening. That's the way everybody felt. And when you ask them about what about Jesus, they were like, oh, he knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart that your heart's not committed to him because he gave you a command. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. But he gave you a command in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. He said, don't forsake the assembling together of yourselves as the manner of some is. Do not do that. Make sure you're here. Listen, my wife and I, my wife and I talk about this all the time. Talk about this all the time. She says, Kenneth, you're a fanatic. She says that to me all the time. She says, you're a fanatic. You go too far with some things. So I may be going too far, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay. But I feel like this. I would rather skip days at my job than miss out on time with God here on the Sunday that he said. I only get one of those. I got five of my days at work and I need I can miss one of them. I can rather than missing the place where I get to connect with the family of God. Now, I know that's fanatical. I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm not telling you to skip out on your job. I want you to be Christ like people that do your job well. But I also want you to make sure that you understand that God has left a command that's telling you about being here. And he only did it once. He didn't make you have to go every day, although we could, because the Bible says in Acts, they broke bread daily. But we only doing it once a week. Here is an opportunity. I I got sidetracked. I got to get back on track. I'm talking about kids. Amen. But when we moved here. We started inviting people to church and everybody was like, "Okay, okay, where is it? And so we were meeting at uh, uh, at a library down on uh, uh, not when granted was Washington and almost 88th. Okay, so it was a library down this. Now it's a church, but 
we were meeting there and we met there maybe three times and we invited people and nobody came. And we invited people and my brother came from across town because he has a church, but he came and he said, we're going to come over. And we invited people and nobody came until the library kicked us out because they said, what, you having church in there? Out. (laughs) And so they kicked us out of the library and we were no longer able to meet there. And Shirley and I were like, what are we going to do? We don't know where we're going to meet. The uh, buildings are so expensive. We can't afford to be able to meet anywhere. And God had given us this nice big home. And in this home, we had a big front room that we didn't have when we moved from Colorado, I mean, from Alabama to Colorado. We didn't have any furniture to fill it. So it was just empty. And I told Shirley, this might be the place that we have in service. And she was like, I oh, know that is a negatory. I do not want all these people in my house. I was like, well, ain't nobody coming anyway. So what you worried about? But she was like, just in case, I don't want them in the house. And I said, oh, come on, baby. I said, I said, I think this is it. And so finally, after some some high volume exchanges, those high volume exchanges started coming down to normal communication. And she agreed. I wore it down. I wore it down. I just kept wearing it down and praying and, and God came through. And so we start setting up the church. And we're meeting in the front room of, the, of, the, of, of our home and we've got 20 chairs set up and we got four of them, filled, no, three of them filled because I'm standing up preaching and Karsten, Kai and Shirley are sitting down in the chairs. I said, and nobody else is showing up and we're inviting people and we're telling people. And finally, I say, OK, God, I guess I missed it. I missed it. You told us to move here. I really thought I heard you say, come here to Colorado. I really, I don't know how I missed it. And God says to me, he says, Kenneth, what have I been training you in for all these years? I've been sending you through place after place, uh, uh, different, different uh, conferences and things. And you're learning so much. And you've been training children for so long. Why would you forget that when you came to Colorado? And I said, ha, ah, you're right. So we took and we started inviting all the kids in the neighborhood. Uh, don't get bored on me. Come on, stay with me. All right. We started inviting all the kids in the neighborhood. And as we invited the kids in the neighborhood, the first thing was we had a family that was lived two doors down and they sent all of their kids. So all their kids came and I think it was four, no, three of them, three of them. Yeah, they were over in the way. But anyway, they came Sunday. And it was those three plus our two. And they had a great service, had fun. They were excited and they went back and told the kids in the neighborhood. The next week we had 10. So it doubled. It doubled. So we had 10 kids and we made sure we had fun and we had a good time. And then they left. And what we did was we met at nine o'clock for the children. And then we were prepared at 10 o'clock for the adults. So we had 10 kids and then no adults. Because Shirley didn't even come that day. She was like, I'm not even going to church. <laughs> I'm not going to church. I don't want to hear you. <laughs> so then after that, the next week, those 10 tell kids. And now we got 20 kids. And then the next week, listen, we had 30 kids. 
Our backyard was filled with people and our neighbors started to sit out on their back porch and drink coffee while we were doing it for the kids. And then we had parents come during the week and say, why are my children coming to your house every Sunday? What's going on? And I said this exact thing. Come and see. Just come see. And so then we started having parents show up for children's church. And then our neighbors and those parents said, well, do you do this for adults? And I was like, we sure do. (laughs) Right after this is over, we meet inside the house. And they were like, "Okay, well, we're going to come. And they didn't come. (laughs) And it wasn't until Shirley. Shirley um, had her 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 grandfather, no grandmother died and she went home and took the boys. And it was me by myself. And I preached for an hour and 15 minutes to empty chairs. And I said, God, you know, I love you. You gave me something to preach. I'm going to preach it. And after that, all the parents of the kids started to show up. And it was because we were faithful in children's ministry and the kids continued to draw their parents. And so parents came and a lot of you are in here. Because of that, I remember Dawn, Dawn I, well, actually I say Dawn was the only one who was still from the house. She was in there with us in the house. She remembers all of that, huh, Dawn? And so, and Anthony, Anthony came once. Yeah, didn't he come once to the house, Anthony? Oh, never to the house. Okay, so just Dawn. But, but anyway, the point, I'm, I, let me get back on track. Let me get back on track and I get sidetracked. But the point was, we began with children's ministry and it's a vital part of this ministry. And we started and God began to expand that as we went TCAT, the name TCAT, right? So we have the church at Thornton, T-C-A-T. And we took that and we turned that into our mascot, who is T, right? The lion who is T. And if you guys don't know, I I dropped the ball. I should have had uh, T show up today because all of you guys would like hugs and pictures with T. I love T. He's the greatest. And so we have tea that shows up. But what I want to explain about this is, listen, the reason why it's so important for us to deal with children is, listen, this generation of young people will never have known a world without homosexual marriages. Never. We'll never have known a world without transgender situations where there's a bathroom that's for everyone. They will never have been in a world without Satan media, I mean social media. They will never have been in a world without that. They will never have been in a world without information at their fingertips. At the ready. One click of a button. I remember the situation and, and Carsten, he's not, he's not ashamed of the situation. It, it happened to him. He was at a Christian school and one of his uh, buddies said, hey, my, my, uh, my, um, my cousin has this game website. Here's the, 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 the place to go on the computer for it. And so we had never had situations with our kids doing anything bad. So they could get on the computer themselves, go do homework, play Certain games or certain, uh, what was it, uh, Penguin, some club Penguin or something at the time. And so they would always get on the computer. Well, 
this sight that he had given him was not, it was not a, a game. Well, it was a game. It just wasn't a good game. And it took him to a pornographic site. And this is what happened to him where he has this information at his fingertips. For me, when I was young, to be able to do that, you had to sneak somewhere and find somebody's old Playboy magazine just to see it. I'm not trying to be funny about this. I'm just saying that it was hard. You had to work hard for, to find this kind of stuff. It was for him. It was one little site that a buddy had given saying it was a was a a, a game place. And it, and it caught him because it was something he wasn't expecting, but it was something that draws all of our flesh. So he dealt with this for about a week that he was getting on and going back and forth before we found out about it, before we God revealed it to us. And then we sat down with him and had to tell him some things had to teach him about this something that we weren't ready to teach him about but we had to because the world that we live in has information at the ready it's one click on the ipad it's one click one touch and listen there's so many things that they have now listen that 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 cheat around the the blocks that you put on as parents they had, a, they had a guy buy a site and he called it Jesus. I kid you not, he bought the domain for Jesus just to be able to get and put demonic, satanic, and pornographic stuff on. And it sneaks right around the little watchdog stuff that we put on our computers. So we have to train and teach our children because this is a different era than what we lived in. And so it's vital for us to have children's ministry so that we're not just, listen, when they're over in, in their learning, they're not just, so, so you guys think they're coloring now, they're actually learning different things about the Bible now on the sheets that they're doing. But we have a teacher that teaches them things that we learn, principles that we learn in here that I have to teach you differently, they break it down differently for them. So that they're able to receive it and then it's able to grow up into something for them. But it takes all of us working together for this. I want us to understand that this part of our ministry is vital because we want our children to be safe. We want them to not run into some of the complications that we have. And we want them to be faith filled children that grow up into faith-filled adults. We, we've had a, we've had, last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to tell you what I wanted to say, the, the little bit of things where we're headed, and then we'll be done. In this world, we've had a little gap where we have children who have missed the children's church classes and have been a part of the main sanctuary where they didn't understand and so what happened is we have a lot of kids who are now in college who say, OK, look, I believe that some of the Bible is true. I'm not sure if it's really real, but I think it's good for people. And these are kids who come from church. Who come from Christian homes who are saying, I don't even know if the Bible is true. And this is because there was a disconnect somewhere in where we didn't get a chance to train our children properly. 
And what we did was we left them to the world system who told you uh, who told you millions and millions of years ago that science was saying this rather than science actually proving what God has said. Right. Have I ever told you this? I I, I think I, I have said this, but. If you understand anything about science, science will tell you that there are protons, neutrons and electrons that make up atoms. And everything that we see are made up of atoms joined together that become molecules. But there's a there's there are smaller parts than an atom. And most people don't know this because we don't really talk about it, but they come from. And the smaller part is a quark. Okay, Q-U-A-R-K. Okay, and that quark is created by sound. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember in the beginning, God did what? Did he, did he, did he fashion? He did what? And how does all this stuff get started? The smallest part of everything that you see, the smallest part of everything that you can touch, everything that you can see, everything, the things that we're breathing in, the air that we're breathing in, it's all begun with a quark, which all begins with sound. And God said, and science has already proved that God said. That's, what, that's why they tried to change it up to a big bang. Because when they saw that, they said, I can't reconcile this. So we just said there was an explosion. Nothing exploded. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing collided with nothing and exploded. That's ignorance. But when we think about it and God speaks and now he forms and all of this begins to start. And so it's important for us to be able to teach our children things like that. I know, I know this is slow. I know it's slow because most of us are missing the point of children. We're only hearing pastor talk and we're missing the point of children because some of us don't got kids. But remember, even if your kids are grown, it's still your responsibility to train them. That's a commandment God has given you. So whether your children are grown, whether you don't have any, whether they're young, whether they're in the middle, it's still your job to train. Last thing I'm going to say, and this is it. In this ministry, God wants us to remember that this is a vital piece to our ministry. And so for I'll be honest with you, sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. Sometimes. The importance of it gets lost in the shuffle. I got a couple of people who are going to start helping. Berto, right? Amanda's going to be helping, right? Amanda, raise your hand. Yes, amen. And they're going to be coming in to help. And we've already got, if you're already helping in children's ministry, raise your hand, right? Amen. So you're already helping. Amen, amen for the ones who are already helping. But what we've got to do now is we've got a transitionary stage. So we've got toddlers and babies, Right. But when they come out of toddlers and babies, by the time they're four to six years old, they're too small to go into elementary. Okay, they're too small to go into there, but they're too big for what we're doing in toddlers. And so they're just lost. So now we've got to create a four to six year old class, but we barely got enough people working 
to make sure that we can do the, the toddler baby class and the, and the elementary class. So we need people who are willing to work in our four to six year old class. And some of you are thinking, oh, man, that's why he was talking about this. He had to ask for us. And yes, I do have an ask for us. But it shouldn't be an ask that that makes you frustrated. It should be an ask that you know that you are training up a child in the way that he should go. It's my responsibility. I left out Jason too. Jason already volunteered to help. Amen. And Jess. Oh, Jess. Yes. Okay. Yes. Both. I already volunteered to help. And so here we are where we're getting people that need to come. But we've got we've got these three back here whose parents aren't coming yet. Right, Julia, Julia, Isabella, right? I'm sorry, I'm putting them on the spot. Making out next sky. I made you nervous, huh? I'm sorry. But they come, they come all the time without parents. So we gotta fill in the gap for those parents. Right? And they're bringing back friends, and those two all are always bringing people Amen. with them. Right? Yeah, give them a big hand. But what I'm saying is, is that we need you to remember the value of children's ministry to this church. T and Wolfie, guys, listen, we got things that are going on with our new website that are creating stories. So we're, we're creating stories for our kids to be able to go and read on our website on a consistent basis of T and Wolfie. We've got games that are there that they can play. Not up yet. It's coming when it's finished. It's not fully finished yet. But we've got games for T that are T and Wolfie games, printable things that the kids can use, and content that's constantly changing so you're able to let your children go to those sites, go to our site, and be able to deal with T and Wolfie and learn about God's word through games, through songs, through uh, uh, the different printables and colors and, and things you can you can do with it. So we're we're creating that and then trying to make sure that T and Wolfie can expand and reach a little bit farther than the church at Thornton is able to reach. OK. But I need your help to do that. I need your help on several levels. We need your help, one, to be committed to this ministry. That's the first thing. Show up. Show up. Second thing is we need you guys to put your hands to the plow. Some of you may be saying, I don't know how I can't teach. Don't worry. You don't have to teach. Everybody doesn't have to be a teacher. You can just be a helper. You can just make sure that as the class is going and the teacher's teaching, you're preparing the other stuff that they need. It helps to stop breaking the flow. So the teacher is teaching and you're preparing so the teacher can transition to the next thing. And all attention stays with the stay with the next thing. And then while while their attention is here, you're preparing something else. And then they turn and they, they're here and their attention is still going. Are you guys with me? I know service is going a long time longer than we normally do because pastors talk. But I'm talking about something that I need you to catch. I need you to get a hold of. And, and if, if you really listen, listen, if you really got it, then I won't have to talk about this again. I won't have any holes that are missing. We have people waiting to be a teacher. So if, if, if that's not the case, when we leave, you don't got it. If you're not leaving, talking to Shirley or talking to Dawn or talking to, uh, well, Chris is not here, but talking to them about children's ministry, you ain't got it. 
It's crucial, guys. It's vital for where we're headed. Again, this is how God started us. This is how he's going to propel us. So if we're not doing this, we're going to always be like this. You ever want, that's what everybody asks. Well, you know, what is it that's, that's the hindrance? The hindrance is we don't believe in that area yet. You guys with me? I don't want it to feel like I'm, I'm twisting your arm. I want it to feel like I'm teaching you something that's important. Allowing you to see into the vision of where we're headed. And I didn't give you all of it because I lost you guys somewhere along the way. I want you to connect with our children's ministry. If you got questions about it, I got a lot more to say about it. I promise you. Of, of what vision we can see of where we're headed with it. But we got to stay on track with it. Okay. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you. Um, that as we get said to leave this place, we're not leaving your presence, but we're going forth with your anointing and your authority. Father, let us be those that would love you and be provoked to love and good works, to constantly be reflecting your goodness everywhere that we go. And we bless your name and give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus name. Amen.